Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Clouded, and it is a very good day. In fact, it is a great day for an exorcism, of course. And because I'm joined by a very special guest, my good friend, also in my critics group, which I always love mentioning. Welcome back, Ben Miller. Ben, how are you, man? How has it been? And it's been a while. It's doing good. Uh, I'm glad that we actually get to talk about a movie that is not awful. Like, because last time we talked about Jurassic World Dominion, and... Damn it! I'm still mad. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's a nice change of pace to actually get uh, to talk about a, uh, a, a a good movie for a change. Speaking of your critics group, I'm really glad I got on the ground floor because otherwise, <laughs> I'd mentioned this the other day. We started letting like we we admitted in a bunch of new critics, and everyone that came in, I'm like, man, I wouldn't have made it these days. Like, <laughs> really glad I got on the ground floor of this because oh, I'm not man. up to these dudes' levels. <laughs> Yeah, we had a we got a big rush of uh new members that was uh some some pretty yeah, some pretty noted names. Heavy hitter, so I was like, yeah, okay. so. like everybody's <laughs> we're, like we're, they're talking to celebrities. I'm like, man, I don't know. I just talked <laughs> to like some random director first time and it's like I am like limping along in my on my site. <laughs> these guys are doing some real work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're coming up, man. We're we're gonna be we're yeah. gonna be big. Hopefully. I love it. I love it. Oh yeah, super awesome! And what have you been up to since the last time we talked? Because oh yeah, you said Jurassic World Dominion. I think that was way back in the beginning of the season. So yeah, that was what. Yes, um, I mean I've been up to so much and so little. <laughs> I uh, so before the last time we talked, I started a podcast with my mm-hmm. brother uh, called the Film Critic the Common Man that ended uh, a couple months ago. And I'm starting a new one called Target Audience, where I uh, invite uh, guests on to talk about a film, which is where the target audience. Um, I'm rolling those out weekly, trying not to get behind because nothing worse in the world than not having a podcast and supposed to release one on Sunday. Right. So uh, trying to write, uh, you know, the 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 critic screenings are really ramping up in October, November. That's always a that's always very exciting day. So. <laughs> So yeah, starting to get my you know in the in the year list starting to wrap up all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I, I went to uh, just got back uh, what a few weeks ago from TIFF, mm. uh, which was which was a blast. My uh, first time ever going, so that was super fun. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize the amount of work <laughs> it is for a critic. You, you want to be there to you know enjoy the festival and yep. and you know, hang out with a lot of your fellow critics, but like nine times out of 10, you got to just stop for like three hours and write your reviews. Yeah, it's, yeah. I realized that whenever I, the first time I covered Sundance, I was like, okay, it's like, Hey, get to watch movies all the time. And then after a while you're like, man, this is a grind. Like, yeah. like it's like, well, it, if you, if you ever think to yourself, Oh, do I really love movies? Go to a film festival. And then <laughs> after you're done, you're like, Oh wow, I do really love movies or otherwise like 
you'll either otherwise find, yeah you either find out you're like oh i never want to watch another movie again in my life <laughs> or you're like no I, this is actually what i want to do yeah that's yeah. all it's and it's how long is my review going to be which one is my Ugh. full one and right. then your, your brain is on like four movies behind and you're like what am i actually supposed to write it's what am i supposed magic. to write about uh, like yes. it's been so long since i've seen it do i even remember anything yep. yeah yep. so i get why uh people are taking notes during their screening. I was like, I've never understood that. How do you pay attention? But then I'm like, just keeping um, it all straight. <laughs> yeah. Just so, just so you have something to refer to. So you're I, not, I, yeah, I never, I never do keep notes. And you know, I think to myself, how can I ever keep all that stuff straight? And I look back and I was like, well, I did keep them all straight. And, but yeah, what yeah. film film festival, the underrated part of film festivals is the burnout. Like it's oh, just the burnout is real. Just like, <laughs> can I just like, I need to find, can somebody give me something in all these movies? A lot of them are heavy and right. tense. And you're just like, can you, can you give me something dumb to relax and enjoy <laughs> about and not have to think over, think of it? Yeah. Well, there was, there was some really good stuff at TIFF that, that I felt was like a, a lot lighter than a lot of, a lot of the stuff. And those were kind of the movies that I gravitated towards. Mm. Um, yeah. Props to anyone who was publishing during the festival. I think I got, maybe two done during the festival right. all the rest came like days later <laughs> whenever i did sundance i was just like well if you expect full full length reviews of these things these are going to happen these are going to be all 100 capsule reviews like every single <laughs> one was like in two paragraphs maybe like right yeah uh, that... cover everything but it's not going to be full yeah yeah i probably should have tried that but yeah it's mm. it a crazy crazy mm. time Yep. But yeah, you're right. If you love, if you find out that you love movies, nothing nothing proves it quite like going to a film festival. Absolutely, because yeah, especially if you're writing for it, then you'll mm. go, ah, do I love this? I, yep. I would have to. I would yep. absolutely have to. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, good times. Uh, so now that we got that out of the way, great catch up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are here to talk about the 1973. William Friedkin, in his words, masterpiece, <laughs> uh, The Exorcist. This is based off of the book written by William uh, Blatty. It stars uh, Ellen Burstyn, Linda Blair, Jason Miller. I think that was Jason Miller. Yeah, yeah Jason Miller. Uh, and I'll never, I'll never remember this guy's name, but he's such Max a Monsido. classic character actor. Yeah. It was great. Uh, yeah, I could I could never remember that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Max von Sydow, so, such a great actor, such a great yes. character actor. Um, yeah. So this movie, what is this? Nineteen seventy three. Yep, uh, fifty years. Fifty years. This movie's fifty years old. Wow. 50, fifty the day after Christmas. Wow! Yeah, they—that is crazy. They released this movie the day after Christmas. Can you and and hey, fun-filled Christmas adventure family. <laughs> let's go and check out the new movie. <laughs> yeah, I because you know nowadays they have like market research and they're like, hey, you know, we have this kind of movie. What day fits perfectly with it? And that takes time and money and research. And I'm just blown away. That in 1973, they said, you know what would be great? <laughs> right. The day after Christmas. That's the most cynical thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's incredible. And, and, and I'm more just blown away that anyone would go see it. Like, 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 let's go see a movie called The Exorcist. 
the day after Christmas. <laughs> the the cool thing about it is if you look at the box office, the day that um the the on Christmas Day and the day after Christmas, your three options to watch. You could watch Magnum Force, which I think is the third, a second or third Dirty Harry movie, right. or you could watch The Sting or The Exorcist. And I was Ooh. like, it's like, but it's like, what do you take kids to? No wonder <laughs> Sting made a bunch of money because it's like, well, you want to watch, bring the kids to Dirty Harry? No, Exorcist, nope. absolutely not. <laughs> let's, I guess let's go watch The Sting. Let's go watch The Sting. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's brilliant. Oh, like yeah. it, brilliant for them, and they did end up. Winning the Oscar, I believe that year for yeah, Best Picture. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, beat out The Exorcist. So, I guess yeah. it was a smart marketing strategy on their yeah. part. So, uh, let's talk about The Exorcist. Yes. Uh, ha- have you? This was my first time seeing mm. this movie. Yes, <laughs> I'm very late to this. Um, how how many times have you seen The Exorcist? What what is your relationship with this movie? So, whenever I think of this, I always think of like it's. I knew more about it, especially as a kid. I knew much more about it culturally than I knew about the actual film itself. Mm. It was one of those, like, The Exorcist was a thing. Because in the 70s, my parents were teenagers. It's like, mm. 73, both my parents were teenagers. And right. The Exorcist was, like, the scary thing for them. So it was always just they talked about it all the time. It was right. not something I saw a lot. And when I was a kid, I probably it would be on TV. I had little bits and pieces, but... You know, being a kid, my parents are like, no, 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 we're not going to watch no. The Exorcist. And then I, th- I think the first time I actually saw the full thing, I was probably in college. And I watched it and I was like, and I, I just kind of remember like the, like, it's before you're really like into like a critical mindset and you're just kind of mm-hmm. watching it. You're like, oh, I remember the pea soup and the head turning, all that kind of stuff. And then I think I watched it as a, as a, like right before like getting into, getting into full critical stuff. They're like, okay, this is a different type of like you kind of have a mindset of how this movie is going about. And then you watch it and you're like, this is entirely different than how you actually expect it to be. And and so this is probably like the fourth or fifth time I rewatched it. This time I was blown away at how (laughs) patient it was. It was so bad. The, the titular, the exorcism Mm -hmm. has 20 minutes left in the movie. Like it doesn't start. Like it takes, it's an hour and 40 minutes of setup. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 I would I wouldn't take anything out. I'm like, oh, you know, all this like everything matters. Everything it's 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 layers upon layers of structure and character development. It's it, there's so much going on, right? It, it it's interesting to me, especially like seeing it for the first time. You know, one of my favorite things that I love is this like discovering a movie late, mm. but still getting the feeling and impression that I know people got when it, when it first came out. Oh yeah. That's the best. That's like one of the greatest feelings ever. Um, and in this one, I was just, I was just watching it and, you know, I read up on a couple of things on yeah. the exorcist about, you know, especially how it was received and like, you know, a lot of people were like, there was reports of people like passing out, some people like throwing <laughs> up and I'm just yeah. like, I was like, Oh man, like, what what and as it goes on like you said it's a very patient film which is impressive for horror like absolutely because right now like especially now we're in such a rush to get to the good stuff right to get to the good juicy parts of the horror film and like uh uh who directed this i forget his name freaking freaking yeah uh so freaking goes 
no, let's let's build on it. And and it's really small, subtle things like you know, uh Chris McNeil on the phone with like the what who was she on the phone with? Like the post office or something? Yeah. Some some you know, like small stuff where it's like, does this really need to be here? But at the same time you go, Yes, it, it absolutely does because we're seeing her as a character, we're seeing her relationship with other people and how that how that works. And it all builds until we get to this point where your daughter is possessed by a demon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and even like you, you think about like the last you know, okay, the actual exorcism starts. You have, you know, Chris is in the house but not actually involved. You got uh Father Marin and then obviously you have uh uh Father Karis. But like w- like you have that hour forty of like, okay, we're just gonna pepper a little bit of what's going on with Father Marin. Mm-hmm. But you know so much you're so invested in Chris's relationship to her daughter. Because mm-hmm. she actually, you can tell she cares so much about the goodwill of this girl, and like she worries about her daughter. And then, especially with Father Karras, you're just like, I know so much going on, right. and everything you understood, and everything that happens in the exorcism is painted by what you just watched for the last hour and a half. Right. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> it's funny because whenever I watch this movie, I watch it going, "Wow, this is really impressive." Friedkin is a madman because if you read about all the stuff he did on set, you're like, this guy man needed to be stopped. He was <laughs> he was firing shotguns in rooms and and yeah. you know t- taking people by surprise. It's like it obviously translated to film great, but right. I mean, in hindsight, you kind of watch it and go, wow, like maybe probably, probably wouldn't get away with it these days. Yeah, no, the '70s uh, style of filmmaking. One time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little different. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, I think the thing that I was just so taken back with or taken away with, actually, I should say, uh, in this movie is, you know, we're building, I didn't realize that we were building towards this, this final 20 minute long exorcism, Mm -hmm. which is just insane. That's such a, like, it's just such a good idea, (laughs) right. To do it that way. But, like, I didn't even realize that that's what we were building towards. But normally, you know, like I said, this is a horror movie. And I've been watching horror movies this whole time. And we're not, we're getting little bits of, of you know, I wouldn't call them action. But, like, definitely we're seeing how the demon is affecting uh, Reagan. Oh yeah, yeah. What's Reagan, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're seeing how the demon is affecting Reagan and changing like her behavior and all of that. What I loved tremendously was uh, how they dealt with science yes. and like how like technology and, and, and medicine, it was the, it was obviously the first go-to to try to help Reagan and none of it's working. And like, they, they do everything. They go, they go through all the steps to see, like, before we go straight into, like, oh, yeah, obviously she's possessed, and let's mm-hmm. do an exorcism. Like, no, it's like, we have to go to the doctor. Maybe there's something wrong with her brain. Maybe there's something, you know, in her blood, or she's got a disease, or anything like that. And I was just like, that that level of patience, that level of understanding of, yeah, like, obviously we're not jumping straight to the supernatural. Sure. Right? We're going to 
we're exhausting we're, ex- we're exhausting every single exhausting, possibility right. before we get there before we get there and i think that shows not just uh freaking patience but also it shows like it makes it less of a horror movie in a traditional sense and more of a drama yeah because right? we're watching how it affects her mother and their relationship we're also seeing like how this would look, I guess you could argue, in in real life. Like, no one would want to believe that a demon has possessed their child. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. No one would want to believe that. And not even that. Like, if you think about all the, you know, the medical stuff. uh, I think Friedkin in interviews later said all the weird stuff that happens, the pea soup, head twisting, you know, spider down the stairs, whatever it is, said the, the most disturbing parts were... That the procedure where she has a thing in her neck and it shoots out blood, you're just yeah. like, Ugh, I don't like this at all. And, it's right. like, and this and this is and this is a medical procedure, and this yeah. is actually the right the thing that's supposed to be happening. Like doctors aren't freaking out. You're just like, man, this is. I, I don't. I'm not sure if I like this. It's brilliant. It's brilliant contrast too, because you're like, you're watching modern medicine and you're going how's this any different <laughs> like like from torture like <laughs> like there's like some sort of brain scan machine that she's in and she's just like sweaty and like it's it's yeah yeah she's not, she's not enjoying herself yeah yeah it's like it's almost as bad as what the demon is doing to her which i thought was an interesting contrast and it does feel like freaking's sort of making that message that like maybe you know, we we're doing our our medical procedures in a bit more of a inhumane way, which I think is a nice contrast to what the the demon is doing to Reagan's body as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I like that too. Like, you know, even you know, it's fifty years, but at the same time, you're like, is this what they do these days? Like, is this like I don't know? <laughs> like, it, it's kind of like whenever you see a film and you're just like, oh, uh. uh the the TV show The Great is really good about it. And it's like, mm. oh, I'm sick. And it's like, cool, we have to cut off your hand or we have to, <laughs> or or uh, l- let me cover you in, in uh, hot pieces of charcoal. And it's right. like, well, how's that going to do? It's like, well, it's going to take the toxins out. And it's like, but it's going to burn your skin. It's like, oh yeah, it'll burn your skin. Like it's, it's, it's that, that matter of fact, like, it's like, how far has medical science come? And it's like in the seventies, you're like, what, how, how old is this? Is that, right, what right. Is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, it's brilliant. It, it's it's outdated tactics, but like in in any other circumstance, these would be perfectly fine. But it's like we're witnessing the supernatural infect this girl. You know, it's in one, it's ineffective, and two, like, is it really this way? Like, is this how we do stuff? Like, so it was a brilliant way to like show exactly you know the contrast, but also how how dated modern medicine can be absolutely uh but uh, also in that first what hour and 30 minutes like we get we journey with father Karras, mm. who's going through you know the crisis of faith and and dealing with the loss of his mother um which is all like when I tell you, like, I didn't expect this at all. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. You're just like, like where'd this come from? I, I was like, where's all the scary stuff? Where's the demon possession? It's like, right. it's like, well, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's a, it's a horror movie in the sense of what actually happens. But mm-hmm. if you're talking about it's 
we we talk about Friedkin being patient. How about his 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 trust that the audience will go on the journey? Oh, like amazing! His his trust is like okay, if I'm going to stick around for an hour forty, this last twenty's got to pop, and it does. Mm-hmm. But it's the faith in this first hour forty that is like okay, it's everything's going to be working for this. Mm-hmm. And care specifically, like I, I was like I remember you know, kind of in hindsight, like before this rewatch, I was like, I remember, you know, the good actors, bad actors, whatever the, the, who I thought kind of my own personal rankings in this. Then I watch it again. And I'm like, man, Jason Miller is incredible in this movie. He's really great because, because you think, Oh, he's a priest who has a crisis of faith. And you're like, you kind of understand what that is. And it's like, this is a totally different way of approaching it. He's not really, He's, he doesn't have a crisis of faith because of, you know, oh, because of his mother dying or whatever. It, it's it's right. more just like he's burned out. He, right. His his job, he's a psycholo- He's a Catholic psychologist. Like he makes he makes no money. He's <clears throat> he's talking to people who are he can't you know figure things out and all this kind of stuff. And um, he, even whenever he goes in and you know talks to Possess Reagan, he's, he's like. It's like, well, like, I guess I can do this. It's not like it's, he's like, <laughs> I have to save this girl. He's like, yeah, you know, right. something to do. Like, right. <laughs> it's a fascinating uh, character more than anything yeah. else. Just like, uh, uh, you know, as, as much context as you get, there's still a lot under the surface. Yeah. And I think, I think Jason Miller plays it like superbly well, like superbly well. Absolutely. And like I love those scenes where it's him alone with the with the demon, and yeah, he's he's very much like you know you could tell like he partially doesn't believe it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's like you know like if you're you know you're the devil like you know break out, bro. Like you know what I'm saying like why yeah. don't you just shut shut that door again? Shut that thing yeah. again? Yeah, or, shut uh, that thing again. Or, or like, say oh, that this again. this wasn't actually holy water, and that you know that right. kind of, like yeah, yeah. Just, it's, it, yeah, all, all that the the skepticism, but at the same time going like, well, this is like never letting his guard up that he's actually scared, right? Yeah, right, and playing it well up until up until you know uh, the end where yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, Phoenix, I want to tell you my favorite bit of trivia in this movie. How old is Max von Sydow when they filmed this movie? Oh God, <laughs> what's, what's what's your guess? <laughs> <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. I've never seen him young. So like, he's always been old and everything I've seen of him. Um, probably 60 something. I'm guessing it's 44. That is makeup. What? That is makeup. What? It's wow. Ma- he is a young, smooth faced guy. Watch day of the Jackal. Uh, not day of the Jackal. Excuse me. Uh, three days of the condor in the, the, uh, around the same time, he's like a, uh, like a suave hitman who barely says anything. He's young, smooth faced, and you're just wow. like, "What is this?" And <laughs> and it's it's funny watching this movie and like watching Minority Report and they're like, "Man, they really nailed the makeup." Like, right, right. <laughs> like, like it's like the the making him making him look older. You're just like, I would imagine it pigeonholed him into he's like, "Oh, you're a sixty year old guy." He's like, "No, I'm in my forties. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and I, I and it's just kind of like. Kind of like Karis, or like there's so much Karis, and I was like, after watching this, I was like, well, Marin's like the, you know, he's the guy, he's the, and then, then he's gone for so much of the movie. He's right at the so beginning, the and then he doesn't really show up again until thirty minutes to go. And you're like, and yeah. wow. And I was, I was a little confused by the opening, like, 
what what exactly what like you could tell he knew something but it it wasn't it wasn't coming in clear exactly what it was he knew or or felt or or what that was yeah and and i always feel like it's the uh as far as the books and how it's written and all that kind of stuff that makes sense in the context of knowing the whole story like have uh, you seen have you seen any other exorcist movies i well the new one yes but okay so yeah. I, I i'd seen the prequel i'd seen both versions of the prequel exorcist mm-hmm. the beginning mm-hmm. um one is trash and the other is fine <laughs> um it's 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 weird that they're two of almost the exact same movies and then i'd seen one of the sequels uh one of the sequels from the 90s but like essentially Marin's entire thing about being a priest was like started in the middle of the desert Mm-hmm. And so that kind of tempers that, but it's a weird thing to be like, uh, it, it, it's like, it's like all the references to clone wars in the original star Wars. You're like, well, I don't know, but nobody knows this. Right. Like, why is he in the desert? And it's, <laughs> it's kind of my only gripes about the movie. And it's like, there's a lot of like stuff that you're supposed to know that you don't really know. Like, why right. is he in the desert? Why is this little thing make that bit of a difference? And you know, so, but but that's the only, that's probably my only gripe about the whole thing, right? I, I would I think mine as well. Like it, it it definitely looks very intriguing. It's very well shot. Absolutely. Um, you know what I'm saying? And and he plays it well. But yeah, it just feels like something we're supposed to know, but is never given. And then we don't see him again until the end of the movie. Yeah. Which is, yeah, Just, it, it's, it's an interesting choice. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, or maybe they only had Max for like two days or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's, it, that, it's that could be the case. When I'm rewatching it, I was like, wow, I get a lot more Lee J. Cobb than I was expecting. A lot more uh, Detective Kimber, who's yeah. who's a character who's a character in the third Exorcist movie. So okay, so there's this original. Mm-hmm. They made The Exorcist, The Heretic, considered one of the worst movies in the history of mankind. Right, and then. <laughs> There's The Exorcist Three, right? With with Georgie Scott, that movie's awesome, right? Go and if you guys, if you're like, ah, you know, I don't want to watch an Exorcist movie, go watch Exorcist Three. Exorcist Three is <laughs> great, and okay. it's kind of like a serial killer um, Exorcist movie. And Father Karras shows back up. Don't okay. ask me how. It's a fascinating. <laughs> it's a good movie. I like it, and it's intense and scary. So. But I mean, and then all the, so like it, it, that as a whole story, that's one thing, but it like, yeah, but this movie, like the, I'm really glad the way you said the way it's shot, because I think the cinematography is Ooh. such a, just a banger after banger in this movie. Man. Like, <laughs> like you, you uh, say, who was it? Uh, uh, Owen Roisman. Like you think about whenever, you know, you know, Father Merrick shows up to the house and obviously that right. famous light showing up every time she's in the bed and it's levitating and you see their breath, they're mm-hmm. throwing, throwing the water power. Christ compels you. Uh, my favorite recurring thing that the, that the, that Friedkin does is something's happening in the bedroom. Somebody mm-hmm. rushes in, <laughs> opens the door before you see what's happening in the room. It goes on the person's face and they're just right. like flabbergasted or whatever they're seeing. And then you see the wild thing you're seeing. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a great recurring bit of editing and cinematography. Yeah. Man, the There's, way this movie shot. Yeah. Like, so I read the, uh, 
about how the response was to this movie. Mm. And <laughs> um, and I was like, for the most part, I wasn't really feeling it. I was like, I mean, but that's only because I knew certain scenes, you know, 50 sure. years later. So I'm sure. like, I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, obviously, if I'd seen it back then, yeah, th- some of this stuff would have been more shocking than it is. Mm-hmm. But there is one scene that I did not know about that happens in this movie that is it's so disturbing <laughs> like like it is is it, is, it, is it the crucifix scene yes okay <laughs> see yes, it's funny. It i i had known about the crucifix scene is one of the first things i'd ever known about before i ever watched the movie because like i grew up in a really religious household but we weren't catholic but right. but everybody's like crucifix being what it is is like i remember them like crucifix scene i, j- I just heard that like in hushed tones and i'm like well now oh. I, I can't now now i'm expecting something and then when i first saw it i'm like whoa <laughs> like <laughs> not like you say crucifix scene you're like well your mind goes to all these different places then you watch it and you're like whoa way different <laughs> like like it's not even it's not even the like uh you know her cursing and Hitting, stabbing herself with a crucifix, getting her mom's face <laughs> and rubbing the blood, and you're just like, "Holy moly!" Like, <laughs> it just takes it to a whole nother level of extreme. And yeah, just, ah, like, 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 like. I, I think if you don't rub Ellen Burson's face, like the the this the shock is still there. But man, that took it to a whole nother, just a whole nother ex- plane of weird. Yeah, like, like when I heard like people were like fainting and and, and crying and passing, I was like, I was like, I wonder what's doing it to them. Like, it can't just be the pea soup. And then that happened. I was like, oh, like oh, that's I got it. him. That's got him. That's the reason. <laughs> like, yeah. it, yep, there it is. <laughs> like, uh, props. I mean, the ultimate, ultimate props to Linda Blair. Like right. that had to be just insane to 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 film absolutely yeah like i don't even know how you prepare yourself for something like that that is insane and she was what 13 at the time like Like something like that also big big props to uh my best supporting actress nomination personal from that year mercedes mccambridge (laughs) mercedes mccambridge coming in just being like you know what i'm gonna smoke three packs a day and I'm going to be the voice of this girl, and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. And right. Nobody's ever going to know. And apparently, it was supposed to be uncredited, and she had to sue for credit. Yeah. But I mean, like coming in, like you think you said it's such a good day for an exorcism. I don't think of it in your voice. I think of it's an exorcism with, with the with the croaking, like and just the what an iconic voice of everything. And you know. I kind of had to stop myself from laughing a couple of places just because of the jokes that I always think of. It's like, <laughs> like the demons talking to father Karras and it's like, your mother sucks in hell. And you're just like, it's like, I, I, I I've made that joke before. And, 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 and it's kind of like, it's like, what, this is an intense scene. I need to stop. Dying. There's not laughing. Like, like, <laughs> but uh. it's, there's so much going on. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's almost sensory overload. And I'm sure that's on purpose. Like, there's so much happening. Right. Like, how am I supposed to keep all this tra- straight? Yeah. And it's like, it's not supposed to be understandable. And and I, you're 100% right. And like, it's chaos. And they, they sort of, especially for like that first hour or such, like, 
it's such narrative focus. And Mm -hmm. then we get into pure chaos and it's just like, what do you do? You know, (laughs) like he puts you in a place where you sort of feel what, uh, what Chris is feeling where you're like, well, yeah, what's the solution here? What's the solution here? Like everything's bananas. And it's just like, and I love the scene where she's cussing someone out over the phone because then later when you see her like snap at doctors and, and priests and everything, you're like, yeah, no, like it's legit. Like, like it's like, it's yeah. one thing for your package to be late, but it's a whole nother thing when like no one's telling you how to help your daughter who yeah. is literally being tortured by, by this demon. Yeah. And then like the doctors are like, we could try some more tests. And she's like, I'm tired of tests. What right. tests are going to, you're going to say, Oh, it could be this could be this. It's like, and every time it's not, it's right. like, I need an actual solution. And it's, it's funny whenever the, like the doctor brings up the exorcism, it's really fascinating because I was <laughs> like, what doctor would actually be doing this? Like, I, I appreciate, I appreciate like, Hey, exhaust all your options. Right. And, right. But at the same time, and I was like, the doctors, the ones I, I kept thinking, Who's going to be the ones to suggest the exorcism? Right. I, I couldn't remember. And I'm like, oh, it was a doctor? Okay. It's like, eh, you know, hey, at, at the lazy doctor going, it's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Satan. Like, <laughs> Maybe it's Satan. <laughs> I like that's that's I, I like to think now they're like pediatricians going it's like oh what's, what's wrong with this throat it's like ah oh, you know it could be strep could be COVID it's like maybe it's Satan like, <laughs> could need an exorcism you never know exorcism you never know like yeah, we can we can take a shot it might work <laughs> you know what I do think it's brilliant that it is the doctor who suggests it because uh yeah I think I think they definitely put that in the minds of, of people who are doctors now like you know what. These people aren't taking my diagnosis. I'm going to tell them it's Satan. You know, let's throw Satan in there. You know, <laughs> like, whatever. I'm just, get these people out of my office. I'm sick of these people. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that was something that I, I didn't even think of. But like, I was like, yeah, I wonder who is going to like ultimately be like. I think you need an exorcism, and I was like. I'm like, it could have been someone in the house, you know, saying a friend or, or whatever. Yeah, it's like, how's this priest going to come in? The, uh, so, and, you know, the that's the other thing that Friedkin does. He's patient with it. He like, oh, we're going to give her medical procedure after medical procedure, all these problems, all these doctors, all these things coming in. We're going to do every single thing. Then we're going to suggest the exorcism. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it's, it's a last ditch effort. Like, right. it, <laughs> totally different movie if like... It's like that, that, that first test is like clean. Maybe it's, maybe it's, does she, she need to talk to a Catholic priest? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a much different movie. And I feel like that's how all the other like subsequent uh, exorcist movies have been done where it's like, it's like, oh, oh, uh, sounds like she's talking in another voice. We need an exorcist. Like, yeah, oh, okay. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, it's the classic Hollywood rule. It's like something successful and they, they take the wrong lesson from it. It's like it's like it's like Barbie. They always say it's like, oh, we need well, obviously we need more toy movies. It's like, no, that's not exactly not at all. We need we need people with clear artistic voices making a making a choice. Like if you look at Barbie, you're like, this is not like oh the run of the mill normal thing. It's like no, 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 this is submersive as hell about a toy about a a toy, and then. They're like, oh well, obviously toys are the reason this works. No, and and no. It, it, pe- people watch this movie and go, 
exorcisms. Cool. We're going to have an hour and a half long exorcisms. Like, no, that's not what this movie made work. Right. Atmosphere, structure, and story and character. Like, yeah, taking, as always, as, all, yeah. all the wrong lessons. <laughs> it amazes me that it, it, it 50 years of filmmaking, they still have not figured that out. Like, it's, like it's why always, do we keep taking the wrong lessons? <laughs> it's, all, it's always great because people are like, oh, they don't make original stories anymore and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. It's like, like back in the way day. And then I'll watch all these movies from the 30s and they're all based on plays. They're all based on on books. And it's like, right. no, no, there are no original stories back then either. It's like, <laughs> It's like Hollywood has always been just a mine of hell. Like just, just all, <laughs> like I said, Hollywood taking the wrong lessons. And the extras, and that's the funny. I always kind of have to watch movies like this, with kind of that tinge of like, oh, there's the cliche. There's the cliche. And right, like, right. No, no, no. This made the cliche. This made the cliche. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like this, this wasn't a thing before right. things showed up. Now it's a thing. Right. And you kind of have to look at it. It's hard to look through that view. It's like. Uh, I was watching Four Weddings and a Funeral, and mm. I was like, look at all these romantic comedy cliches. And I'm like, wait, maybe wait. it made all these. Wait, right. it made all. <laughs> like, it's like trying on dresses and all these kind of stupid stuff right. in the ensemble. It's like, okay, well, this is where it's all built on. And this is all The Exorcist is. It's all these original ideas that that for, the better, not... and, for the better and worse of yeah. cinema made horror what it is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I... This is probably the most jealous I've ever been of of a of a opening night audience because oh, I would have killed. I mean, killed to have seen this live, like seeing this on the. Oh my god! Like like you said, your parents were teenagers when 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 yeah. they saw this. I have to imagine there was some sort of like rebel spirit in the air, like like. Ooh, we gotta go see The Exorcist. You know, like, like keep it kind of quiet and hush. Like, hey, we going, we we want to sneak in to see her. Hey, right. Like, like, cause you know, you just know, like, there's something dangerous out there. It's something different, and like, it's one of the sickest, darkest movies you've ever seen. It, well, I mean, it, it blows away look, everything before it. Like, yeah, and not to mention, like, you got all the, you know, you think of the sensibilities of the '70s. Oh and, God, like, yes. and, like. <laughs> You look at the look at like the horror movies from like the sixties and you have like Psycho and Rosemary's Baby was like four years before this and like right. Wait Until Dark and The Haunting and you know Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte and you like you have that level, but it's not like it's not like submersive and adult. Right. This one is like counterculture to the max. You're like, yeah. <laughs> man, it's like it's it's it, 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 it was it's a combination of yes. You see it like that, you're like, I, I imagine in 1973, they're sitting in that theater going, man, I can't believe we get to watch this just right, because right. of the years and years of all the stuff that like you hear this little girl saying these incredible things, like incredibly things. vulgar, vile yeah. things, all these vile things happening. And you're like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. And it yeah. tinges the rest of cinema for the rest of time. <laughs> And like, yeah, I just know like that, like seeing that live, like, and didn't like the Catholic Church like put out like a repudiation of this uh, movie or something? The, 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 uh, in the words of Friedkin, he said, "When the Pope condemns you, you're doing something right." <laughs> yeah, because it was like, like, it, it, especially like if you were deeply religious, especially if you were Catholic, you know, oh, what I'm saying? like, Can't like, imagine. yeah, like. I know, I know for a fact. I know a few people who were Catholic uh, around the time 
that this movie came out and their parents were like, no, <laughs> like, 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 no, not even a little bit. Like you can't see this movie. You, you can't look at it. You can't find out anything about it. I imagine they've seen it now and they're like, holy, oh my goodness. Like my parents were right. Like, <laughs> like So it's funny. Uh, apparently uh, they said, um, the, uh, uh, Paula Kale, the, uh, the critic, she said, uh, the exorcist is the biggest recruiting poster. The Catholic church has seen since the sunnier days of going my way in the bells of St. Mary's, was, <laughs> which, which if you think about it, you're like, yeah, this is a little pro cat. Like the, the things they're fighting against is right. obviously not, but like, it's like a reaffirming your faith, trusting your faith to, to defeat Satan. You're just like, right. this is a kind of a pro Catholic movie. It's like. I mean, you could argue that, but then I think of how it ends, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it yeah. Like, it seemed like it worked. <laughs> it's it, it, for Regan is safe and alive, and you're like, is this a good? Is it a happy ending? <laughs> right. Like, it's like everybody else is dead. Like <laughs> Regan and Chris are alive. Everybody else is a mess. You're just like, right. okay. I mean, I guess. <laughs> and, and and not to mention a priest saves the day by being possessed and then killing himself. Mm-hmm. I was like very un-Catholic. Like, very, very. So, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, apparently um, Muslims hate the, said, ban this movie. Yeah. I guess, I guess because of all the stuff in the desert. Uh, uh, okay. But I mean, I, it's funny. I never, like, it's, it, it's always funny to see things like this, like, and how people react to it. And, you know, me and you are good examples of like, we grew up in sat- uh, satanic panic times, <laughs> yes. like, which we look back on. And I remember even in the time as a kid, I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. Satan, like <laughs> nobody actually loves Satan like this. It's like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, you know, hey, your friends are lifting the slipknot. They probably love Satan. I'm like, Shut like, up, mom. Get out like, of here. <laughs> like, no. And this is just another version of that. Just a way to go. Oh, it's like, Oh, whatever. Oh. It's just, Absolutely. I feel like every generation has that that super subversive thing that sort of gets, mm. you know, lambasted and labeled as, you know, very counterculture. And and, you know, yeah, you're right. Like in the 90s, I was a, I was a big metalhead, too. So I'm like, you know, I had Iowa, dude. Like I'm like, I'm like I love Slipknot. I love, you know, Metallica and all of those bands. So like, uh yeah, I was, I was, I was called, you know, I was like, I have people asking me like, are you like, what are you, are you, are you a Satanist? I'm Do you like, love what? Jesus? Like, yeah. It's like, it's like, what, oh, Rob Zombie. I heard he has a, he grew up in a <laughs> satanic church. I'm like, shut right. up. Like, well, it, well, one, who cares? And right. two, and two, like it's, it's, it's always funny. Like you look at it now and you're like, say the satanic temple is like the, the last vestige of hope in this, in this <laughs> breaking down community. It's like. When it's like, what what church do you trust the most? Well, obviously, Satanic Temple. Right, right. It's like, it's, like <laughs> it's, uh, it's, we've come a long way since the 90s. Exactly. And like, and even in the 70s, like, not only did you have this, but you also had Kiss, right? You had Kiss, and you're like, and they're like hot off the Mansons in the 60s. Right. Oh, and yeah. Like, and so, like, all that stuff's kind of like. Just all clashing together and yeah. creating a really, like, subversive uh anti counterculture but like no one's no one's like like taking it that far like no. it's just yeah. it's just 
this pisses off our parents. <laughs> like, let's Pretty do it. Much. It's always, <laughs> it's always just like, well, what this is like, my kids are not listening to me. I have to rebel against this because my kids are calling right. me a fascist. Right. And right. So, so it's like, well, this is obviously the devil. It's not something I did. Right. <laughs> and, and this movie kind of gives you that argument. Like it kind of yeah. gave people that argument of like, well, it, it has to be the devil because my kid would never. Like, well, you I know. know my little girl, my little girl will never do anything like right. this. And uh, obviously that's a big theme of this film. It's right. the, like, the you know it's not unintentional you know as we just talked about the crucifix scene that's not unintentional like <laughs> she, what, she's a girl right on the cusp of for right. being it's just like my little girl is not a little girl anymore she's now this literal demon <laughs> and and you're like she's not listening to me she's being mean she's doing these terrible baseless right. things this filth is coming out of her mouth and it's like yeah, that's essentially you have a fourteen-year-old daughter, like, right? Right. Like, <laughs> and and you know, but, a, but I, what I, you see, but what you see is Satan taking over her body. Like, Satan <laughs> taking over her body. Yeah, yeah. It's meta, <laughs> metaphor heavy. And, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, these, you know, I take her to the doctor, and every doctor says she's fine. fine right. Like, I know she's not fine. She's not my little girl anymore. <laughs> Man, whenever you put it in those terms, it's really black and white. Like, oh yeah." absolutely i have a nine-year-old daughter and now the more i think about it the more i'm like oh okay the first chance she first chance she cusses at me going to a priest (laughs) (laughs) like okay all right i see i see you satan (laughs) i see how it's doing it's like no you're not getting pea soup for dinner (laughs) no (laughs) i refuse to yeah we should not be having this much fun about a movie that's (laughs) i honestly like when i finished it i was like that's it's one of the darkest movies I think so I've ever dark. seen. So dark, yeah. Like, it's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. But at the same time, it really is really funny. <laughs> like it unintentionally, like, like like I said, all the stuff like uh, you know, obviously the crucifix scene. Oh, it, it's 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 but at the same time, whenever you talk about it, right? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like F me Jesus, F me Jesus. You're oh. like that's well. That's that's incredibly disturbing, but at the same right. time, it's like I could I could get a laugh or two out of that, and yeah, like, you could tell you could tell you could frame it in this certain way. The pea soup's funny, like the right. the the, the snot rocket in Max von Sydow's eye. You're like, good for you, girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that out. Good for you. <laughs> show these show these boys who's boss. Like, <laughs> oh man, and then of course, like all all the the things that that the demon says is just hilarious oh yeah yeah. i just (laughs) i'd always heard that line your mother sucks cocks in hell i just never paid any attention to it and then then once it once it it, you know again tinging it with character and the structure and everything you're like wow that's really mean right hilarious hilarious (laughs) super mean (laughs) so yeah of course like you said can you imagine being in a theater and she says that, and you just start burst out laughing. Everybody look at you like, what are you doing? Like, this is the most intense part of this movie. Why are you laughing? Like, come on. This is one of the meanest things I've ever heard. It's impossible. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, what are the meanest? Your mother, uh-oh, your mother's in here with us, Karis. Right. right. Like, ah! Like, <laughs> jeez. Oh, it's brilliant. I, I... Great movie. Great, great movie. 
It's it's so good. And like it was funny because after I finished it, I was like, I was like, it was super dark, super disturbing, unintentionally funny, but I wasn't sure if it was great. I was like, I, I I'm not sure if it was great. And it took me just, you know, a couple of days sitting with it, thinking about the different different aspects of it, the character work, especially the direction, mm. which is insane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, th- no, I get it. <laughs> like, like, absolutely. Like, like, it's 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 hard to overlook. And like yeah. you said, the 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 impact this had in '73, it's just shattering. The impact it has on still on films all the way to this day. Yeah, and you know, most of the complaints I've heard about the new exorcist and now you, I've not, I've not seen the new one you have. Mm-hmm. So, so I've heard the majority of the complaints. It's like, it doesn't understand what the original exorcist did. And yeah. It, it doesn't understand what the original exorcist is. And it tried to involve the original exorcist as well, which made it twice as bad. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so it's like, Maybe if you hadn't done that second step, like it wouldn't be as bad, but yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it, no. <laughs> it, yeah. It, and, 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 you know, it's, it's tough for, it, it's, it's kind of the Friedkin had the advantage of his time. Like he mm. could be, he could do all the stuff that nobody was expecting. Now right. audiences are going to be, are, are on guard now right. for something to be weird and be, out there like oh well you know back in the way day well you're not going to kill a kid and and then 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 as the movie goes along you're like geez are they going to kill this kid and, <laughs> right, right. And, and nowadays nowadays you can't really surprise anybody like nothing is out of the, no, nothing can be taken by surprise anymore essentially right. like and it's like oh which going to be the 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 feel of the original is like you're you're fighting a losing battle yeah. you have to you have to be doing something on a different level in a different kind of sense. Like you look at like a uh, top gun Maverick. You're mm. like, okay, we're not going to try to, we're not going to try to recreate top gun. We're going to steer it in a different direction in a different way and have this evolution of these characters. Yeah. And as opposed to, we're just going to do it with the same thing and have like the, the Oh, Val Kilmer's going to pop up. No, no, no right. that's not what right. we do. It's, it's the, it's a <laughs> evolved story. As opposed right. to just like a, ah, we're gonna have Ellen Burson show up, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you could tell, you could definitely note the difference too. It's like, oh sure, it's it's one thing to be like, we're we're gonna infuse this with, you know, homage to the original, sure, mm-hmm. I'm like, but when you go, oh no, we're just gonna take this from the original, and people will love it just because it's the original. It's like mm-hmm. nobody, <laughs> like yeah. nobody, it's a bad it's, idea. Again, Hollywood learning learning the worst lessons. And like what I what I love so much about like like this this month, right? We we've gone through and looked at uh some classic horror, right? And so like we did uh we did Psycho, we did The Shining, we're doing we did The Exorcist. I think we're doing the thing next week. Nice. Uh, yeah. So like really, really you know, diving deep and getting some of these things. And what I find interesting about each of these is like, you could tell each of these are pinnacles of, of horror at their time. Like they're, they're the, they're the game changer. They're the shifter of what the genre eventually becomes. 
Yes. Uh, from where from where they're at, like I would argue, Psycho is the reason we get The Exorcist. Absolutely. Like, like because it's so it's so it's got that same vein of like. I'm gonna go to that. I'm gonna go to that point you're not expecting. Exactly. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take audiences where they're not comfortable. Exactly. And and, and, and they gotta live with it. And yeah. and it's like one of those. It's one of those things where you 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 can't really get it today because like audiences are pretty trained at, at this point. But also like it goes so it goes over the edge, but then it sets a new edge. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and at the, same time. the interesting thing about the shining and uh, putting uh, those three specifically psycho, the shining and, and the exorcist, it's like, it's our tour driven horror. Like yes. these are not directors who are horror directors. Not right. like, like Hitchcock, obviously like he doesn't do a whole lot of horror. He does thrillers and, right. And like, uh, you know, political conspiracies and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then he goes in and does this and then Kubrick doing the way he does and his patience with all the way he does it. And then obviously Friedkin, who came in as more of like a like an outsider type guy who was known for action. Ooh. And he does this and it's, you know, it, it's it's our tour driven horror is much more interesting to me than like just a hired gun type horror. Right, like, right. Like, oh, David Gordon Green's going to do his own thing. It's like, is he though? Is, is he like, though? How, how much is the studio really on board with? Right. right. <laughs> but you get, you do have guys like you got your Ari Asters, you got your Jordan Peels, you got your Robert Eggers. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yep. like, it's like they're they're going to go to places that you're just not expecting to go. Yeah. And like, like, like you the 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 Ari Aster being a good part of it, where it's like. I was like, oh, I'm gonna it's like I'm gonna take a relatively straightforward story and then I'm gonna twist it in these ways you just don't expect me to take it. It's like, oh, this little girl that you care about, it's like, yeah, her head's coming off. And yeah. it's gonna come off in the worst possible way. And then <laughs> it's like, okay, we're in this bright uh Norwegian sunny side. It's like, cool, these old people are gonna be crushed in a second <laughs> after they kill themselves. It's like, what is going on here? It's just right. like it just takes you in a direction you're not it, it's it's audience. Audience expectation going this. I know the beats of this. It's like, no, you don't know the beats of this. That's, that's a really good way to put it. The pinnacles of horror push audiences where they're not ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's a really good way to put it. Absolutely. And, and I think the best, the the best succeed because, because of those factors, you got an artist director, you got a story that, that allows for you to push the limits of, of the time in yep. particular and and what you get is just excellence that stands the test of time yeah like, this is my first time seeing this movie and i'm so over the moon impressed that it, it might be one of my favorite movies of all time now it's, a, it's an incredible film just yeah a it, it it's it like you said the, the the impressive thing is to be able to be like this this was so this is a touchstone at the time. It's a touchstone now and you watch it and you're like, I get it. I get it. It's, I get it's, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's there for a reason. And same thing whenever you watch like, like psycho It's psycho is kind of difficult because you're like, well, it was the sixties and they still had certain standards to be right, held right. to, but Hitchcock's still trying to subvert those standards, every possible chance he gets. And, but at the time, again, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of have the, I'm going to put myself in the shoes of being in 1973. Right. And what's it like? What was how wild would it have been to have been in that theater the day after Christmas? Oh, 
I just can't. I can't imagine. Unreal how that must have been. Like, because like, especially, especially, like, I'm a big lover of Christmas, right? Like, and I know this was the '70s, so Christmas music was playing in the stores since like October. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm and like, just that build up. Oh my God, I'm gonna spend time with my family. We're gonna open all these gifts. We're gonna eat great. You know, what I'm saying? it's gonna be a good time, right? Love and laughter and joy and all of that. And then the next day. <laughs> And you leave that theater feeling like ass. Like, <laughs> just, just being like, ugh. Like, just, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to... <laughs> like, bro, oh, leave, leave the tree up for another year, bro. Like, where's, we, my re- where's my receipts? I gotta go yell at a desk clerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, alright, let's wrap this up. What, are, yeah. what is your final official rating for uh, the Exorcist. So, for the sake of for the sake of um, full disclosure, I give it four and a half, four point five out of five, just because I have little things wrong with it. But it's difficult to say it's not five stars because of what a influence it is for the rest right. of film history, and right. especially horror films. So, yeah. Um, I guess technically, if I want to be the uh, like, oh, you're you're the a hole critic who doesn't love anything. I'm four and a half out of five, but whatever. Right, right. Uh, you're you're one hundred percent right. That that's kind of how I split it. Like, I think as a movie, it's definitely four four and a half out of five. But I think its cultural resonance and its resonance on pop culture, especially, absolutely. I mean, like, there's no denying it. Like, it's a it's a classic film so like that alone i think pushes it to the five so like the the movie itself four and a half four and a half out of five no question absolutely everything that it has done in the subsequent 50 years absolutely and and i can't believe we haven't talked about scary movie (laughs) two The 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 clean, we, we, like, that that's a good thing, right? Like, yeah, well, it's funny because every time I was watching, like, when she's doing the uh, that tongue right. thing, I, I think of I think of the opening of Scary Movie Two of, of James Woods making out with her and all this kind of goofy <laughs> stuff, and I'm just like, oh man, that's a really good actually homage to all that stuff. Right. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. Again, the pop culture pop culture stands the test of time. My mom always said. Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You're going to need a bigger potion. have a code word but uh we don't have our full guest but i don't care <laughs> like i like it i like it and i got you here man we need we need a guest to 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 figure this out so i'm the code word i gave it to you the code word was assemble your movie was from 1990 to 1999 i believe uh your lead actor is a voice actor in an iconic television cartoon your cast features two popular stand-up comedians and much like the movie we talked about today, it is regarded as a cult favorite. So, Ben, you got the floor, man. <laughs> Take your best guess. What do you have for the code word? 
Well, they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> hey, now you're that all star. It's mystery <laughs> men. The, the, I don't want to hear anybody talking about Shrek being the movie that introduced Smash Mouth to the world. It's mystery men, people. Okay. <laughs> Mystery Men with Hank Azaria, Hank Azaria, the, the voice on The Simpsons, had Janine Garofalo and Ezzy Izzard in it, but two very famous comedians from 1999, cult classic Mystery Men. I am so proud of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Mystery Men, baby. <laughs> we're, we're around the same age. We know what the actual cultural impact of Mystery Men is, and... Anybody who says Mystery Men is not a masterpiece is wrong. Right. It's, 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 it is beyond well, well before it's time. Like, it absolutely. is so genius. And as soon as you had the code word assemble and then I figured out it was a Mystery Man, I'm like, oh, that's a great code word. Just an <laughs> excellent code word. I'm like, oh, Marvel before Marvel. Right, like, exactly. Like, yes. It's like, well, it's it's actually kind of funny because, like, you know, the entire idea of the MCU being that they only could use the Avengers for the 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 characters they had the rights for, which are kind right. of the castoffs, not not Spider Man, not the Fantastic right. Four, and so they're like all these castoffs had to become the Avengers, and now <laughs> Iron Man's so popular in Captain America, and now you're like, Mystery Man was nothing but castoff superheroes. Exactly, is brilliant. It's so brilliant, and I love this movie. So so very very much, uh, so funny. Like you 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 nailed it. Janine Garofalo, Eddie Izzard, both in this movie, like fantastic stand up comedians. Hank Azaria, the voice of uh, was it Apu? I think he's uh, uh, Apu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's aged well. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. definitely regarded as a cult favorite, at least amongst those who were there to see it uh, uh, when it first man. came. Yeah. 1999's Mystery Men. Uh, I mean, I mean, any chance you have to watch William H Macy become a superhero who hits people with a shovel the way it should be, and Wes Studi shows up, it's great. Kel Mitchell as as an invisible man who nobody can see, who no, who who can't be invisible unless nobody's watching. So what am I? so every time I'm at the gym, that's my go-to thing. So like, I'm like, I'm like Kel Mitchell from uh, Mystery Men. It's like, <laughs> oh, can you do this thing? He's like, I can, but nobody can be here. Like, nobody can be. <laughs> nobody can see me do it. Like, uh, Paul Paul Rubens as a as a farting superhero. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I was 13 years old when this movie came out, and it was perfect. Absolutely. Like, I always think of I think of the timeline of like, well, when was I the perfect timeline? Mystery Men and The Water Boy came out when I was twelve, and I'm like, these are <laughs> these are the two these are the two movies that were the pinnacle of cinema for me. Exactly. <laughs> nothing could have been better suited for a 12, 13 year old boy than Mystery Men and Water Boy. One hundred percent. Yeah. Great um, movie. I love it. Great movie and great guest, man. I'm so glad you were able to get that. That is brilliant. So first, I think you are our first guest to score on the leaderboard. So wait, I go. like it. I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. <laughs> we got to have you back so you can, you know, challenge again and, and see if you can win it for the guests this season. <laughs> yes, you're killing me, guys. It's like every time, every time I come on, I nail the, I nail the guests and everybody else is like, ah. like come on. <laughs> Yeah, you got the last one too. Like that's that's where come on, guys. Man, it's good, y'all. Get it together. (laughs) 
All right, Ben, we're going to get out of here. Let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Oh, you can find me on the socials. I'm on Twitter at NebIsBen, on Letterboxd at NebIsBen, on Instagram at Neb.IsBen. Uh, you can check out my website, IceCreamForFreaks.com. Uh, you can follow my other writings on Film Experience and Cinema Scholars. You can find me on other pods like this one, as I am the David Thewlis of podcasting. Uh, my podcast is Target Audience. Uh, you can find it wherever you get your podcast, and on Twitter at Target Odd Pod. I'm also on Blue Sky at Nebus Ben, and the podcast is also on Blue Sky at Target Audience. Nice. All right. And you guys can find me on Twitter, because that's what it is. <laughs> at IMHO Reviews 1, that's the number one. And on Letterboxd under P.A. Cloudin. And as always, guys, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, And we will see you guys next week. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>